Broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bearer of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast, the most important hour of your day. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh. That's Vince Taglia. Yeah, welcome to the Radio Project's Daily Dose. This is where we bring you the unfolding global conspiracy of communism coming to America. The Great Reset versus the Great Awakening. The tyranny crossing through our lands. Uh, Joe Biden's illegitimate regime. The weaponization of the DOJ. The infiltration of all of our various domains of society. Our social, our cultural, our academic, our institutional, our political, and that ends up going into our supply chain, our infrastructure, and eventually leading to global economic collapse and World War III. And that's what we're doing here. We're keeping you updated on the narrative, helping you protect yourself, your families, and everything else for the future to save America, hopefully, because that's what we're trying to do really here, is that uh, there is this, uh, this very evil agenda going on in the world. And it starts in a lot of different places, but primarily right now, we can see it evolving to World War III and global economic collapse. But you can't just produce crisis without actually having a solution. Isn't that right? So, you know, here at the Red Pill Project, this is what we do. We, we discuss the various narrative. We watch what's going on. We observe and we try to predict what's going to come back, and we have a high level of accuracy. So the first thing, if you are new here, if you guys have never been here before, please subscribe, like, follow, comment. The chats are going, so please get involved within those chats. And tonight, I'm going to be bringing in a very good friend of mine, Dustin Stockton. If you guys don't know this guy, you need to go follow him on Twitter. He's, he's absolutely awesome. It's at D- Dustin Stockton. We'll get those links out there for you for his Twitter but he's the founder and chairman of the American America Mission, as well as host of the Late Night Conspiracy Space, which I've been on multiple different times with him and his wife, Jen. Um, he's a crypto NFT designer, and he has been a voice for a very, very long time behind the scenes and now out in the scenes, bringing uh, kind of the truth to the surface of what's really, really happening. So I'm going to bring Dustin in. We're going to talk to him for a little while. Dustin, what's up, man? How are we doing, buddy? encyclopedia josh like this is i'm so stoked to finally do this like uh this is probably like the 10th time that like i've been like dude i gotta come on the show and it, i was always like either under subpoena or having to testify before the j6 committee it just seemed like the lawyers have tried to keep me away from this so it feels good to be here I know we started talking a few years ago and I'm like, well, come on the show. You're like, I, I can't <laughs> like, I, I can't <laughs> like just, just wait It'll, in time. We'll talk. And I'm like, okay, but yeah, man, it, it's good to finally get you on here. And, um, you know, tell me, tell me a little bit about your story because you have kind of, uh, a story that aligns with a lot of the things that are happening right now, the weaponization of the DOJ and targeting of conservatives, this type of thing. Yeah, no, unfortunately. So I, Started in po- I was a professional poker player, and then uh, I, when I started having a family, I bought a house in Reno, moved home. I thought I'd slow down, right, provide some stability, and it ended up that I bought the house at the literal peak of the housing market, uh-huh. uh, and the 2008 collapse wrecked me. I was worried, right, just my job, my house, 14 of the 18 houses on my street were foreclosed on. Oh. in a six-month period and i wanted to figure out what the f right wait can i swear on here i guess i should have like found yeah, out you're... before uh, <laughs> anyway so i'm like okay 
like what happened here and that ended up like just starting this crazy political journey right so i wanted to go after harry reed and barney frank and chris dodd and a bunch of the people that i like my research led me to find were responsible for taking apart like the regulations that prevented the kind of hostage holding that happened with the bank bailout and i was on the first tea party calls i ended up being probably one of the two or three most prominent people in the tea party movement i did all of the data infrastructure for two of the three largest groups i ended up raising and spending in independent expenditure campaigns um something like 15 to 25 million dollars uh, that led me to like going to work for newt gingrich when he ran for president in 2012 and then i ended up like uh me and my girl and she's like i knew her when i met her she was the girl who could get you to trump that's <laughs> like long before trump was like a big political deal but he did he did come to a bunch of our tea party events right and uh i was like you know what the one piece i don't really feel i have figured out is media so i went to work for steve bannon at breitbart doing special projects and rode that all the way to trump's election in 2016 which was a pretty wild adventure right like did a lot of really so my t I, I did quote unquote special projects for steve and he'd give me like he'd give me directions like dustin I'm, I'm embedding you in the bernie sanders campaign you better be the fucking leader of it by the time you're done and so like that's what i did i end up being in control of all the permits for the bernie people outside the dnc convention and uh like helping jill stye do a bunch of like what we'd call the dark arts and mm -hmm. then after trump got elected um bounced around did a bunch of things and eventually took on a job where i thought i was going to make a little extra christmas money helping a triple amputee war veteran uh like sell coffee after he got censored off of facebook and he decided to launch this thing with me called we build the wall and it went crazy viral right like the most viral thing we got billion hits on the gofundme page in three weeks and raised 25 million dollars and we built border wall so in four months from the time that we formed the organization um we actually went and we constructed about a mile long segment of border wall between el paso and juarez and so it's one of the like proudest things i've ever done right like to go construct a 15 million dollar structure on an international boundary in four months time was like that's kind of the pinnacle of like putting shit together and uh for me it was like okay mission accomplished so i resigned from the board of directors and moved on i was doing a international cannabis fund um based out of singapore we were bringing on like cannabis products in india and laos and malaysia and greece like all over the world it's crazy awesome and we're also doing a little politics right gotta, gotta make sure we're still helping the re-election of trump try to help get candidates elected and two months before the election uh, we're in our rv and we're headed to from where we live in nevada to go see lauren bobert in colorado mm -hmm. and my website gets <clears throat> And we've been we're running a thing about kamala harris's like history of polyamory which 
was really well suppressed before the election. And uh, my website gets taken down. <laughs> my website gets taken down. I'm like trying, right? Like we're trying to get it back up. And it's like a core database corruption. It's like uh, reviving, like really top level, like viral shit. And uh, so finally pull over and we're in the back lot of this casino in Mesquite, Nevada. I think it's called mm -hmm. the Casablanca or something. In there. And, and four o'clock in the morning. Doo, 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 doo. And I thought it was a crackhead. I come charging out of the back, right? Like a bear shirtless in my like boxers. And uh, thank God I, I'm reaching down to draw and through the wit, like the, the little crack in the window, I see that there's like 14 long guns outside the RV. I'm like, oh, this does not look good. Now it could, my first thought was I'd been in a fight with Sheldon Adelson. I was like, oh, maybe this is like Sheldon sending the local PD after me again. Like that happened. And I was like, man, maybe nah, these guys look more serious. Eventually, it turned out they were there over We Build the Wall. <clears throat> right? And uh, I assumed that I was going to jail, but they just handed me a subpoena and took my cell phone. Well, oh, you could, a process server went through, I guess. Right, like, and I, I'd find out they had access to all my information anyway. So, right, right. It, it was literally just an intimidation, legitimizing thing. what they already knew, legalizing what they already knew. Hundred percent. And uh, they ended up debanking us the same day. Right, so they put us on this thing called the politically exposed persons list. And I'd never heard of this, but apparently it's usually reserved for heads of state and leaders of organizations formed by international treaty. But if you're on this list, you cannot do banking with any financial institution anywhere. So like two months before the election, uh, yeah, no, we're not touring. We're radioactive. The media is attacking us constantly and we can't do banking. Oh, and we're censored. So it's like, well, uh, not really that effective. Although we still landed some blows, right? Like we still we took down some of the Russia hoaxers, Julia Io from Miriam Melder and those people. Right? We still had a role to play and we took it seriously. But uh, after the election, sitting there watching the returns, and not only do the returns obviously smell bad, but we just lived through lawfare to disrupt like our campaign. And the same group of lawyers in New York had gone after the NRA a couple days before, right? It, it, they'd gone after five or six major Republican get out the vote like groups. Right, mm -hmm. organizations and networks. And I'm like, that's election interference, right? Like that is illegally you weaponizing the government to come after you. This this no, we are not we're not letting the senile old poopy pants into the White House. This can't stand. And so I end up uh with Amy Kramer and Women for America first. We throw a we're like, we're gonna have a rally in Washington, DC on November 14th, right? Like it was like 10 days notice like uh but show up in dc and i swear man like seven hundred fifty thousand people show up i was like "Woo, this crazy right and we get all yeah. fired up and we end up doing two bus tours all over the country we hold the rally in december then we have the big rally right the big end is going to be january 6th and obviously that goes incredibly sideways like the you want to talk about psyops Right, like they which, which, which you guys had the Trump rally on January sixth in D.C. Correct? 
correct. So I was the lead organizer of the event at the Ellipse and the event on January 5th and all the previous DC events. And I was the person who was in charge of logistics and security at everything we did. The only thing I wasn't in charge of the entire time was the Capitol on January 6th, which I, which I've. Gladly you weren't. <laughs> I've, if, if I had been, I'll just say this, that none of that would have ever happened. Right. Mm -hmm. Like again, any, anybody with half a mind of how crowd control works, like could have prevented what happened that day. It was clearly intentional to discredit, right? Like it is our false flag, Reichstag fire, whatever you want to call it, right? That was how they stopped people from questioning the obvious deal of the presidential election. So they could install, right? The, I, I don't even, the problem with Biden's is that they're owned by so many people. It's hard to be like, oh, Chinese Joe or Ukraine Joe, like everybody who had a nickel to give them, like owns a piece of those dudes. And so, Obviously, like uh, after being the lead organizer and on stage and all of the speeches recorded all over the country, like I just spent the next three years like trying to stay alive, right? right. Like could not reach anybody on social media. My massive email list, my massive text message list, like the uh, grassroots connections I had built over the course of 15 years, gone. Like, and again, <clears throat> no way to know even where it's happening. Right? Like, I mean, the text message, we know it happened at the telecom level, but like the email, it could be the internet service providers. It could be the bulk emailers. It could be a combination of all those things, but you ain't talking to nobody on any social media. And it was really dark, right? But, in, and I can't bank. So I just dove head first into crypto and I, I kind of been into crypto a little bit about my first Bitcoin in 2012. Right. So I'd, I'd always kind of had like one toe in it, but because I needed it to survive, I just dove head first, started trading and figured out a little system so that I could continue to provide for my family, keep my head above water. And uh, when Elon bought Twitter, my friend Millie Weaver reached out to me and she's like, oh, I'm doing Twitter space. And, you know, we no one's heard from you in a long time. It'd be great if you could stop in and just say hi to everybody. And I was hooked, man. I was like, oh, I can, I can connect with people again. Like, I'm, I'm actually allowed to say stuff. Like, let's go. And from that, like, I just, I don't know, I guess I caught the bug again, started building infrastructure, started like remaking all those connections again. And it's been, it's been freaking awesome. Although I got to say, Josh, like, uh, we need you more on the late night conspiracy space, brother. <laughs> like Encyclopedia Josh. Uh, the, the depth of knowledge surrounding all of this stuff. Um, and it's been super useful lately, by the way. So like it was a discussion with you around the 1928 banking powers act that like tied together 20 different pieces of what's going on for me. And that like just giving me like that thread to pull on. I can't tell you, man, like how helpful that's been, but I get, I guess that's the elevator version of like what has been a ridiculously almost gonzo level career in politics where basically me and Jen run around and we break things and we laugh and have a good time doing it. Nice. Well, you know, 
you you guys uh you host this space and, and i love being a guest on it and yeah we have some great discussions and kind of get to extrapolate those those higher level thoughts and speculation on a lot of things and, and in the sense of the banking stuff um there's a lot to understand about that and i think that you're a prime example of why people need to have a diversification in investments because specifically what they did in 1929, what they did in 1933, what they did in 1913, what they did in 1968 to 1972, um, this affects everybody. And we're going through one of these transitions again right now financially. And if you're wondering what happened in all those different points of time, the creation of the Federal Reserve, the 20th anniversary of the Federal Reserve, which is 1933, the massive transference of wealth that happened in 1929 with the Warren 20s before that with very, very cheap money. You got to remember, we just went through a cycle and a period of very, very cheap money, which hyperinflated the dollar and produced this massive debt deficit to where our debt each year is now going to be $1 trillion, one quarter of the annual revenue from taxes is going specifically to pay debt to other countries, to other banks and so forth. Um, this is bad and this system cannot progress any further. This system has come to an end and this is usually what happens with fiat systems. The 1933 emergency banking acts actually, um, revolutionized the federal reserves power before this, they actually had very, very limited power for people out there who didn't understand this, but what the actions that happened in 1929 with the primary bankers loaning the free interest-free money to the small lower banks, those lower banks basically giving it away to their clients for collateralization of their farmland and the real assets. And then when those bankers called in those loans and the collateral got taken, those banks got taken over. That was the massive transference of wealth that basically put America in poverty which created the Great Depression. This Great Depression caused for the Emergency Banking Act to come in place at the 20th year anniversary of the Federal Reserve, almost like they planned it. They did. Because at the time, if you go and read about the sentiment at that time, the Congress was not going to renew the contract with the Federal Reserve. They were going to end the Federal Reserve. But the Federal Reserve came back in and said, you guys, you're too far in debt. You can't survive without us. And we hold all the assets and now give us all the gold. And that's what they did. They went in there, took the gold. They created another version of the fiat currency that they backed temporarily upon gold in 1968 to 1973. They removed the gold back in by backing out of the Bretton Woods Agreement. And now we had this fiat currency creation in 72, which skyrocketed oil prices when they came and arbitrarily backed it upon the petrodollar oil and gas prices. But now that's going away. And there is no legitimate backing for the U.S. dollar other than the force of the U.S. military, which is dwindling in power over everything that's happening right now. But luckily for us, and, and whether it was created by Bill Gates or the CIA or whoever might have been, the uh, you know Bitcoin and cryptocurrency came about. And what this actually does is this provides a decentralized network for everybody out there to really have a level of digital currency. Now people are like, well, I got gold and silver. That's great. And you should have <laughs> gold and silver. Okay. Because if we go to a barter and trade si system, gold and silver are going to be absolutely valuable. Right. And, and if things happen that we discussed last night with Russia, the BRICS nations going to a gold backed currency here in August, we have all the major countries in the world calling their gold in from their various reserves, the London Metal Exchange, the Perth Mint. This is preparations for war. If all that happens, gold is going to be incredibly valuable. But also think about this. 
and I heard someone talking about this today, Dan Bongino has been talking about it, is what happens when you go to use your debit card and it no longer works, whether that's from a cyber hack or if it's just from the government locking you out of your accounts, whether it's through programmable money like CBDCs that come in and they basically shut you out of your bank accounts where you can no longer pay your bills or feed your family. Well, guess what? Bitcoin still works and they can't shut you out of an anonymous wallet that they don't know that you have that you can facilitate transactions and transfers with and even buy gold with. And so this is why Bitcoin becomes incredibly important, especially other types of cryptocurrencies. Uh, There's too many to name, but there's a lot of other decentralized cryptocurrencies out there. And then there's centralized cryptocurrencies. What we talk about here primarily is decentralized cryptocurrencies. So feel free to jump on that. Well, so... A, impressive, like, how quickly you laid out just the history of the entire, like, banking and financial systems over the last hundred years. Uh, So (laughs) it's always great to hear that. But listen, the biggest threat that we face, like, to me, all of the psyops, all the chaos, all of the warmongering and sable rattling comes down to one thing, transitioning us to a programmable currency system where they can program who, what, when, where, and why you spend our money. The holy trifecta is the social credit score, the digital ID, and the central bank digital currency. And if they get those three things, your ability to do anything is completely smoked. Like completely, like freedom as we know it is gone forever. And that's why they have invested so heavily in this plan to roll out these independent systems that were mostly bought into already. And what scares me about, like the the thing that our discussion had before Josh, that really has had an impact on me because I'm deep on the central bank digital currencies, right? I'm I'm going to war with that. Um, But I've also been researching the Restrict Act and all of the different ways that the government intends to monopolize our assets onto a single unified ledger that it's public ledger for us where they get to see everything and private ledger for them where we get to see nothing of what happens with what they do with our tax money or what they do with their money. And what the worst part of this is, right, is that I've been a big believer and and proponent of Bitcoin and decentralized network, right? To me, decentralization and censorship resistance are everything except what I have seen from the most recent like CBDC strategy papers is a path for which they destroy it or destroy its usefulness for the overwhelming majority of people in the same way that they force people to declare their gold and turn their gold over. I believe they'll use the exact same playbook to try to get people to declare all of their digital assets, right? And so oh, we, we are being benevolent. We're not going to destroy the network. You can still use Bitcoin. Uh, just, you know, uh, give us all so your information, your wallet I have a buddy and declare it. I have a buddy who's a, I haven't talked to him in over a year. And he told me last year that the dollar is dead January 1st, 2023. And basically he was right. I mean, it really has been since that point in time. Um, He works for, I can't really say who, but the Federal Reserve U.S. Treasury. He's a senior executive programmer. 
He is leading the projects to develop FedNow and all these systems. Okay. He said the way this gets implemented is that you have 12 Federal Reserve banks that are regional in the United States. What's going to happen is each one of these regional Federal Reserve banks are going to be assigned the specific region. People are going to have to go on or actually will be prompted from, from their own banking website. When you log into Wells Fargo, you're going to be prompted to accept the new terms of service. Once you hit accept, you're going to have an information page come in saying to submit your information. And it's just going to be from your bank. You're going to submit that. And then it's going to take you to an app. You QR code it. It's going to ask you to upload your driver's license. And it's going to ask you for your biometrics. And you're just going to say, sure, I need access to my bank account. You're going to click on that. The next thing is going to be a disclosure form. This disclosure form is going to say the Federal Reserve System, the FedNow System, the USCBD System needs a disclosure of all of your cash, money, and assets. And this includes crypto wallets, anonymous crypto wallets. This includes any and all bank accounts, whether under your name or under aliases. And this is admissible under perjury of the law, where if you do not submit this information and they find out it's attached to you, 10 years minimum in federal prison with a $100,000 fine. This is what's coming, people. And I've been warning of this, okay? But this is how they're going to set it up. Specifically, what, what, what Dustin is saying right there, exactly. They are going to basically say, we want all your assets, just lay them out. Everything's going to be fine. And actually, the way they're going to mitigate this is when they transfer over to the CBDC, the dollars in your bank account, once you accept that program, are going to automatically transfer over into the, the the dinero or whatever it's going to be called, the Amero or the U.S. dollars central bank digital currency. Will automatically transfer over there. This is how they get people to comply. If you make under a hundred thousand dollars a year last year on your taxes, you are going to get a two to one exchange rate for your dollars to convert Double your net worth, baby. Double your net worth, baby. If you make over, if you make under two hundred fifty thousand dollars, you're going to get like a one point two. If you make over five hundred thousand dollars, you're going to get the one to one ratio. But every month that you wait, that goes down point one percent. Up until three months, where it drops to a half a percent. So they are literally forcing and coercing people into the acceptance of the CBDC to transfer their wealth assets or cash assets over. And yes, gold and silver will most likely be on that. So how do you protect it? That's the big question. Well, and what do you think the 87,000 new armed IRS agents are going to be going after? Uh, yep. It's not It's not the rich. It's not the uh, lobbyists on K Street. Right. Well, when you when you actually accept this terms of services, and actually, it's interesting that they're launching the FedNow service uh, in two days here. But the FedNow service, one thing that it actually does is it backs up seven years of transactional data from every bank account linked into it. That transactional data is shared directly with the U.S. Department of Treasury and the Internal Revenue Service, and they get to basically go through every single one of your transactions. Now, the first thing that you have to do is actually accept the FedNow systems. A bank cannot do that on their own, which would be a violation of your Fourth Amendment right. But if we just learned anything from these congressional um, committees on the weaponization of the federal government is what did J.P. Morgan Chase do with all the January Sixers when the FBI just sent an email over with no subpoena whatever and said, we want the gun purchase records of these million 
uh, uh, J6ers of these million people. And JP Morgan just sent it over without a warrant, subpoena, nothing. And guess what? They're going to do the same thing all over again. hundred percent. And it's, I mean, at least there's not some kind of technology that's being rolled out that would allow them to process and recognize any kind of patterns with this massive tranche of data that they're taking. Right. Right. Uh, thank God. Thank uh, God there's, there's no AI out there to do all that. <laughs> right. Whew. I'd be worried, <laughs> but right. Like this, this is, I mean, all joking aside, I really believe this is the biggest threat to freedom that like free people have ever faced. Right. And I don't think that's an understatement, which is if we get this thing and the coercion that came with the vaccine and COVID will be nothing compared to the coercion to get people to declare everything. Right. So there's going to be the carrot side. Right. Which Josh just outlined, which is oh, double your net worth. Right. Get extra money. Just declare it. You're all good. Um, and amnesty, which is. Mm-hmm. We understand the former system was a little complicated. And if you just declare everything and come clean right now, right, you're going to get an amnesty, right? But then after that three-month period ends, then comes the lead. And then they're going to make examples out of everybody because knowing a bunch of, like, top-level, let's just blockchain um, investigators, let's call them, more people think that they have anonymity than they actually do, right? Like that th- there are crazy amounts of ways to track people down. And we saw this with the Arkham announcement like a week or two ago. Basically, they're they're offering to dox different wallet addresses for money. And people I think a lot of people who even think that they are sophisticated using VPNs, if you're not using a system that includes VPN and Tor and a variety of encryptions, you're probably not as anonymous as you think you are. And they're gonna make some examples out of people. And then maybe, right, okay, benevolent, we get, like you guys saw what happened to Josh and Dustin and these other rabble rousers. We'll give you one last chance to declare, right? And and once they have 80 or 90% of the network, the last remaining 10% almost doesn't matter. And the thing is, they're still going to let you trade Bitcoin, right? You can mm-hmm. still move your declared money into your declared wallet and have the trade. So we didn't destroy Bitcoin. We just made it so that you can no longer use it for anything useful. And it no longer uh, it's no longer a threat to the monopolized central bank digital currency. And it's wild how well they have set this all up. I believe it does include like a uh, economic collapse, lots of pain and suffering, right? Like, uh, out. so that we're begging them to come in and just stop the pain and stop the misery. And we've got to do something about it. Well, you know, one thing that you're mentioning there is uh, the Bank of International Settlements this month or this week actually launched their uh, their whole white paper on unified ledger technology. Um, and the moving and transition of various different assets to this unified ledger. This is everything from supply chain to um, to tweets to digital transactions. That anything that is basically digitized in everything's world and everything that is physical in everything's world is going to be now digitized. One thing they did mention, though, was private cryptocurrencies or private tokenization. Now, they mentioned specifically that... 
The problem with cryptocurrency today is that it's decentralized and there's no trust to central banks and that people become their own bank. That's dangerous. It's funny that they even mentioned that. But they did mention private tokenization. And what I think they were talking about here was specifically Bitcoin. Now, this is interesting because what they were talking about with other other stable coins, USDC, USDT, is they want to rid the world of those stable coins. Because if you think about integration and implementation of a CBDC, is if you have Bitcoin slash CBDC as your primary trading pair. Now the westernized CBDC becomes that global transactional value for exchange of privatized cryptocurrencies. And that is one way that it garnered new acceptance and changes it from the petrodollar to the crypto dollar because any facilitation of transactions through cryptocurrency when they settle has to go into that CBDC. And therefore, now you have the anonymous wallet addresses directly attached to a regular bank account through the CBDC, programmable money. Everything is tracked. You cannot hide. Yep. Now, and and uh, the BIS thing, the Bank of International Society, like uh, me and Mays are doing the space where we're going through it line by line like we did the Restrict Act. Would love to have you for that. Uh, the craziest part of that is how they talk about themselves. Like, we are the trusted. We are the only trustable, right? Like, it, it's so insane when you listen to it. But if they control all of the on-ramps, like all mm-hmm. of the ways that you can get it, all like the Coinbase exchanges, right? They centralize all the on-ramps and centralize all the off-ramps well, like uh, it actually becomes a benefit for him. And I, I don't think it's any mistake that all of a sudden we see Brock Rock's Larry Fink do a 180. Like, actually, I like this Bitcoin stuff now. Like, act, actually, let's, let's, let's launch a Bitcoin ETF. Like, let's go. Um, because right. what, what, what they see is this playbook to literally undercut and destroy like the fundamental principles that we all, all of us who have been in Bitcoin for a long time, we care about decentralization. We care about censorship resistance. And if they are, they have a playbook to take that away. And we've, it's going to take a massive undertaking to stop it. I've got some ideas. I know it's hard to believe, but uh, I want to go on offense. So you know what we're going to do? We're front running Fed now. We're launching a CBDC token, like a shit token. And we are going to do a massive global marketing campaign, shitting all over it. Uh, we have the dude from the Caviar movie. If you haven't seen the Caviar, he did a deep fake movie with a deep fake Klaus Schwab and AOC and George W. Bush. And like it touches on adrenochrome. Like it's, it's really dark, but. Oh, you're going to have to send it to me. Oh, he turned his camera off. That's going to turn your camera back on. There you go. Now it's just getting on a roll. Um, anyway, so we have them doing a deep fake Bill Gates with immaculate man titties, right? I mean, immaculate. And this oh Bill Gates God. is going to just like cry. Like, don't you want me to protect you? Like, I'm just trying to make you eat bugs and stay in your 15 minute cities and be happy because I, Bill Gates, am the greatest humanitarian of humanitarians. And these damn people at hatecbdc.com. Just keep screwing with my plan. That's not the real central bank digital currency. That's not the Bill Gates, Klaus Schwab one. 
where you will be protected and you will own nothing and you will be happy. Like that is that is the rebel one. Like stomp out the rebels. We're gonna roll this out literally globally. We're super fired up for it. We just launched it. It's been getting a great response. We minted out the OG collection. And what we're what we're doing is what they do to us. We're being chaos agents. So we're front running their golden calf, right? By launching a token. Uh-oh, there it is. Oh, look at that guy, Skeletor the Banker. The, who wouldn't <laughs> trust that guy with all your money? Like, it's, he wants to Janet control Yellen. the whole bank. <laughs> who wouldn't trust that guy? Look at him. Uh, so Skeletor the Banker is like our main guy. Oh, love the chains that bind you. Uh, that could have come straight from BlackRock. Uh, <laughs> oh, is that That's Gary Gensler? So great. It's like Gary Gensler. <laughs> so the, the whole idea is just to create chaos and confusion around this rollout because most people have no clue what cbdc means it sounds like either a miracle cannabis product that helps you with your back pain <laughs> or like an std you get like when you're down in south florida right like one of the two people have no idea what it actually means which is an advantage for us instead of the we clap they call it the slap try to define what it is <laughs> instead of the clap they call it the slap uh oh, I can't hear Josh. Uh oh, can you hear me now? I could hear you. Okay, down your side, Dustin. I can't hear you guys at all. Can you hear me? Thumbs up. We we can hear you. Yeah, we can hear you. All right. Well, you guys, I can't. I literally can't hear you guys. I don't know what happened there. Wait, right, maybe I uh, fat thumb. No, my volume's up. Well, anyway, we chaos agents. Like if in their confusion and in the chaos, the enemy will make mistakes. They are not used to having to fight back against this stuff. They expect a smooth, clean rollout. And in their confusion and in that chaos, we will find an advantage and we will exploit it. And that's basically the plan right now. Uh, also, like uh, as far as like programs like this go, having a token attached, like everybody will get an NFT. Uh, the hope is that we provide some. Getting you keep on getting phone calls, huh? I can't hear you guys still. I don't uh. know what's going on, but Josh, love you, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Long overdue. Uh, look forward to coming back. Find us in a Twitter space sometime. You know you're always welcome whether it's conspiracy or the political spaces. And you guys make sure to hit that subscribe button. Follow my man, Josh. Great to see you, man. Thanks for having a good time. Take care, Dustin. Take care, buddy. We'll see you guys later. See ya. Guys, you can follow Dustin over on, you can go to hatecbdc.com if you're interested in getting on the tokens. Uh, if you want to go ahead and follow Dustin, you can go on to Twitter and it's at Dustin Stockton um, at Twitter. It's just Twitter at Dustin Stockton. So you can find him, Dustin Stockton, AmericanMission.eth. Um, he's on there. You can also go to the AmericanMission.substack.com, AmericaMission.substack.com. That's their primary website uh, that has a lot of information. They're doing a lot of good things there. They were the ones that, if you remember when the Restrict Act was happening, uh, me and Dustin were the two first people to actually go out there and spread awareness about that. And it was weeks oh, before really? anybody else in the mainstream actually came out against that. And it was the America Mission and myself and Dustin that spread all that information and broke that crap down. You know, we were on Twitter spaces with, you know, a few thousand people listening live and sharing it and getting that information out there. 
So, you know, the reason we stopped the Restrict Act is because of America Mission, because of Dustin, because of myself uh, and, and Millie and other people. And yeah, I, I know who these people are, who Millie might be associated with. And I, I just, you know, that's okay. Listen, we can, we can hate each other in the backdrop, right? We can hate each other in the backdrop in the sense of not liking certain people. That's okay. But at the end of the day, we have a mission to move forth. We, ha- we have work to do. We have things to do. And getting an audience involved with something that is just horrendously bad, like the Restrict Act, is a good thing. And so Dustin and his team are just absolutely amazing over there. You can go to the American Mission Substack page. And I highly recommend going on over there. They got a lot of good stuff over there. And that's americamission.substack.com. I'm going to put it right there. You guys can go out there and join it. Vince, if you want to get this out to the other social media networks. Uh, that's their sub stack. You can support them over there as well. And then hatecbdc.com is the other one. But yeah, they, they have a lot of good stuff going on. Uh, I'm, I'm proud to be associated with Dustin and Jen over there. They're, they're doing phenomenal work. Vince. Yeah. We, we have some science news that just came out today. Did you hear about this? Is it climate change over? <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm going to do it my best Alex Jones voice. Vince? Oh, yeah. They're turning the monkeys gay. Turning all the animals gay. Yeah, I heard about this. They're turning the monkeys gay. Scientists studying Reese's monkey find surprising benefits to same-sex relationships. you got to be kidding me. I think they turned the scientists gay. Yeah. Scientists (laughs) have observed same-sex sexual behavior among more than 1,500 animal species, including penguins, giraffes, and elephants. Um... It, but it's unclear whether this behavior was widespread or if it was influenced by genetics or what degree might be affect the reproductive success of the population in a whole. Uh, so, <laughs> right. But they say here, the colleagues visited a colony of 1700 free range Reese's Mackey's living in a wildlife preserve in Puerto Rico. These are not natural habitat monkeys, Vince. Right. They're on a habitat preserve. Um, these things are not in their natural environment. And what happens when you take things out of their natural environment? They don't act the same. If you guys didn't catch Earth Chronicles today, David Whitehead and actually and I go and talk about this intensely in the sense of how um, hmm. natural intelligence for artificial intelligence, but how when natural intelligence is taken out of its element, taken out of the psychological perspective of nature, and influenced by artificial data and information, it causes psychopathy. It causes you to go crazy. It causes you to have mental illness. And this is the same thing for any species. When you take them out of their natural environment or their natural habitat and you restrict their movements to a point where they know they're restricted in one sense or another or subconsciously know this, you're going to have problems. And these are some of the problems that do evolve. Uh, there was, uh, I forget the name, I, I want to I say it was the Milliman experiment, but that David was talking about earlier, but it's the one where they did the communal m- mice. They provided them oh. with oh, yeah. um, all the food that they need, all the space they need, and they eventually resorted to basically Sodom and Gomorrah. They started eating each other. They, the males started sleeping with the males. The females basically uh, started getting killed by the males. They started eating their own young and this is what happens when a environment is taken out of its natural origination. So I think that that's an, it's an important study to look at, not because it condones or accepts the idea of transsexualization, 
but instead it actually shows what the cause of it is. And this is the implementation of a species into an unnatural environment that is not conducive with its evolution. Absolutely. I'd be curious to know what kind of water they were drinking. Mm-hmm. Serious. I, yeah. I agree. What kind of, what, what were they putting in the, I mean, were they planting food? What kind of food were they putting out there for them? All of the above. You know, we don't know the environmental conditions that were present at the time when they studied these monkeys. Not only that, it's like, you know, I've, I, I had two dogs, two Chinese war dogs, Pekingese. You're not supposed to have two male Chinese Pekingese, okay? Wow. Um, but they would help each Why? Because they, they fight each other. Mm. That's why they call them war dogs, because they don't like each other. Um, they're very territorial. But what you would have is one of the other pleasing the other, right? They, they had instincts, and they had to get them taken care of, and so they would help each other out. Now, why is that? Is that just natural for dogs? No, they're out of their natural element. They have their nuts chopped off. They can't reproduce. They haven't seen a female in 15 years. What do you think they're going to do? They're going to resort to things that are unnatural. So I, I, it's really important episode. If you have not checked it out, go watch that Earth Chronicles episode. I think it was probably one of the best that David and I have ever done. And we talked about a lot of good points there in the sense of what it means to be human, what natural intelligence is, what uh, spirituality really is, and, and how we're actually going through this evolutionary process right now. And another part of that evolutionary growth process that's going on right now is IRS whistleblowers confirm Joe Biden is the big guy. Knew it, <laughs> of course, but good. It's finally, I guess, official. Yeah, so uh, IRS whistleblowers Joseph Ziegler and Gary Shipley on Wednesday told Congress that they believe Biden is the big guy. During the House Oversight Committee hearing, Andy Biggs said the whistleblowers, in the day of action, you guys were intending to interview 12 people, one of whom was Rob Walker, a business associate of Hunter Biden in particular. You wanted to talk about 10 held for H for the big guy. Biggs then returned the IRS whistleblower Joseph Ziegler and asked, who do you infer the big guy may be? Ziegler responded by saying, from what I understand... That is his dad, President Biden. And we already knew this because that number of the big yeah. guy was given to John Solomon a few weeks ago. And he ended up calling Joe Biden and Joe Biden freaking answered the phone, which I'm surprised wow. it hasn't been released yet. Right. Uh, Assistant U.S. Attorney rejected search warrant at Biden's residence due to optics, even though she agreed that probable cause existed. Simply because it's the president and the president's son, you're not going to go for the the search warrant because of optics? This is criminal. The just yeah. us system. Vince. This is the just us system. I think that's probably the biggest problem we face in all of this warring going on is the justice system. Yep. And the same attorney, attorney U.S. attorneys blocked charges on Hunter Biden. And many of wow. these whistleblowers have agreed that Hunter Biden should have had many uh, different charges, felony charges, but was not charged. And you're talking about money laundering. You're talking about embezzlement. You're talking about blackmail, coercion. You're talking about selling of state secrets, uh, treason at the highest yeah. degree. Pedophilia, uh, maybe? Yeah. Gay Democrat Joseph Ziegler. So this IRS guy, gay and a Democrat. Okay confirms that the Biden family received approximately $17 million in payments from China, Romania, and other countries. Yep. This guy's not even a conservative. 
Yeah, and they wouldn't let him investigate, and he's like, hey, why? What's going on? So this is really interesting. It's not necessarily breaking news because we've known about this for a long time, and we've been talking about it for a long time, but the fact that it's coming out into the media means that the the process of drip, drip, flood that we had talked about so many times is now legitimately happening. And, you know, there, there's a few things in this. We'll, we'll talk about that part later, the, the text message from Roxy that I, I want to go over because I think that this is critically important. Um, but I found some irony in, in the news today with something that happened. What? And I don't know if this is irony or done on purpose, but it looks like irony to me. Tornado destroys Pfizer's facility in North Carolina, one of the largest sterile injectable facilities in the world. Isn't that so something? The, yeah, uh, an EF3 tornado with speeds up to 150 miles per hour absolutely demolished a Rocky Mount, North Carolina Pfizer plant. Um, and so this one is a plant that supplies medical supplies to hospitals worldwide. And uh, it looked as if a bomb went off. I hope that there wasn't a level four bomb, uh, a level four bioweapons lab somewhere or in or around that vicinity that was being covered up by that facility. But whatever it is, what we're seeing right now is that um, that facility was absolutely demolished. Now, that could have been demolished by Pfizer, wanting the insurance money, the hide evidence. I don't know. Um, but I think that is potentially something similar to the Georgia Guidestones where they got destroyed by, um, by by vandals or by the good guys just trying to get rid of the shit. And they cover it up and say, oh, a tornado did it. Who knows? Uh, banking Insider warned CBDCs will be, imp- uh, will be implanted chips. The Bank of International Settlement recently published a blueprint for the future monetary system, improving the old, enabling the new. The report proposes that central bank digital currencies will serve as the new reserve currency and calls for digital confiscation of all physical property by assigning every real world item its own unique digital token, which will contain rules on how each item can and cannot be used so that each person can be controlled and conditioned directly by the central bank. Ultimately, as predicted by the Bible, a chip will be implemented into the human body for CBDC use. Uh, Well, you know, we all think RFID chips and in your hand. Guys, this is not the way it's going to go. You have to understand that, you know, Neuralink type chips is what they're talking about. If you go to Amazon Prime and watch the TV show, The Feed, go watch The Feed if you want to know what they're going to do. Now, not everybody's going to accept that. So there will be a soft version, and that will be this. The phone. It's all going to be integrated to digital controlled access. Now, in the sense of the financial information, we have the Fed meeting here coming up, I think next week or the week after. Um, There's a lot going on with the Fed now system launching this week, um, with the BRICS nations potentially launching their new global reserve currency next week or next month. And I said this specifically, I talked about this a lot last night. The launch of that specifically is to counteract any Western sanctions on imports and exports. Okay. Why? Because they're fearful of war occurring within Russia or China by the Western nations or NATO in the very near future. Around that same time, Wagner over um, in Belarus is most likely going to do uh, an offensive attack on K 
Kiev because we know the Russian military generals want to end this war as fast as possible, but they don't want to instigate Article 5 of NATO to do so. I think Putin has given the go-ahead light to go ahead and do this because Shogu and a lot of these other military generals are back in their positions in place after the failed Western coup attempt in Russia. And I think that they're just going to go in. They're going to take over Ukraine. They're going to they're going to form their own coup, just like the United States did in 2014. They're going to take out Zelensky. They're going to implement their own regime and let Ukraine finally dictate and rule themselves and remove Western influence, because that is the most ideal situation for Russia and the other BRICS nations. We have carrier uh, one carrier destroyer group moving into the Persian Gulf with F-35s. F-18 Super Hornets, F-16s moving in that area, F-16s and F-35s moving in um, to the joint fighters in Ukraine, Poland, European region, 5,000 troops deploying to the European region. We have China conducting mass military mobilization and drills. And then today, someone sent me the video and they said, Dan Bongino must be watching your show. Really? And, And I'll say, you know, Dan Bongino, if you're watching my show, Invite me on, buddy. I'll, I'll gladly talk to you guys and, and, and give you my, my perspective of what's going on. But Dan Bongino basically must have listened to the show last night because he was kind of hitting on a lot of the stuff that we talked about last night. Yeah. But he was saying, get ready, people. It's coming. Like, I love you. I care Good. for you. I want you to understand this is coming. There, there, it's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when at this point. Like, this is going to happen. Like, get ready, get prepared right now. And he went over a lot of the details of the things that we've talked about, the military movements, the movement of gold, uh, the the new uh, banking currencies, you know, how all of this is transacting. And that he said that you cannot have this major economic event globally without a collapse of the old system. And that's the truth. You can't. And they already have the platformed infrastructure in place to do exactly this. So... You know, I'm not the only one calling for this, but I've been calling for it, I think, for probably, you know, I'd say David Icke and Alex Jones have been calling for it the longest. Alex Jones has been screaming it for 25 years, and eventually he's going to be right, right, one of these years. But I've been calling for it since November 2020, and we've been following this very, very closely on what's happening. And I think that we can legitimately say, guys, it's going to happen. One day you're going to wake up, and all hell and chaos is going to be breaking loose. And as you know, someone commented last night, they said, oh, we went from red pill to black pill. Like, no, this isn't the black pill. This has been the message for a very, very long time. This is why we lost 80% of our subscribers when we switched off of the Trump is going to be inaugurated on March 16th, 2021 narrative and said, no, dude, this is not what's going to happen. This is what we think is going to happen. And people basically told us to F off. Oh, Trump's still CIC. No, he's not. And guess what? We've been... Con- continuously accurate on our predictions of what's going to happen. The reason is, is because we're not following the false narrative. We're sticking to our guns on this and we understand how these things are unraveling. So, you know, this isn't a black pill for a lot of people because 99% of the listeners of this show have some type of canned good, non-perishable packed away. They have some means of self-defense. They have gold and silver packed away, whether it's a few ounces to a few hundred ounces. It doesn't matter. They've been preparing little by little the best that they can with what they have. And that's all that matters. And they've been making other preparations with their friends and their family and their neighbors and other conservatives and Christians within those areas. And so nobody in this audience should be surprised when I say 
a black fucking swan event is coming. You can expect to see it probably in the next three months, if not in the next three months, guaranteed very, very shortly in within 2024. And that's why I give that time frame between November and March of 2023 to 2024. I don't like giving time frames, but I think this one is absolutely imminent. We know specifically that it's going to happen before the next election cycle, before the next election actually occurs in 2024. But I would give a more kind of like a 60 to 70% time frame between that November and March time frame, which only gives us a few months. There's a very, very short percentage, low percentage that it could occur in the next few weeks, a few months. So just be warned, guys. I, I love you. I only want you to be prepared. Uh, you know, if the grid goes out and I can't do this show, I'm going to, I got, I got the shortwave radio over there. I'll find a channel. I'll start broadcasting. We'll do Morse code to get the, the frequencies down and everybody can start listening. We'll figure something out or I'll just go hook up uh, my shortwave to one of those big AM radio antennas.